0: Hello and welcome to My Biggest Lesson, the show that brings you the key learnings from the most influential founders, executives, and investors in the Colorado tech community. My name is Adam Burrows. And I'm Chris Erickson. Together, we are the
1: co-founders of Range Ventures,
0: an early stage venture firm based in Denver. You can find out more about what we're up to at range.vc. Our guest this week is Brian Egan. Brian is the co-founder and CEO of Evolve, a hospitality company with a vision to become the most trusted brand in vacation room. Brian launched Evolve in 2011 after being one of the first 10 employees at Denver-based exclusive resorts. And I first met Brian in a downtown Denver coffee shop not too long after. I've been incredibly impressed at the way he's grown the company to become one of the true late-stage success stories in Denver Tech, and most importantly, know a number of employees who have worked for Brian and have sung his praises around the culture he's built in his company. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great to see you both. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I think it was over a year ago, you were the original guest on our My Biggest Lesson beta version on on clubhouse so appreciate you coming back for the real thing on the podcast i mean the
2: asynchronous feature is a nice is a nice one so glad that we get to put this down on tape
0: (laughs) the good news is your big lesson now your biggest lesson now can live uh forever so yes exactly so i think a lot of folks know you as the ceo founder of evolve love to um maybe tell the rest of our listeners what evolve is how you started the company and where you guys are at today Sure. So
2: at Evolve, we are reimagining vacation rental. We are taking a more modern and tech-enabled approach to both hospitality and property management. So we partner with owners to bring their vacation properties onto our platform. We, as part of that uh, onboarding process, we vet and verify them to ensure that they're aligned with our brand standards. And then we market and book those across from consumers. And we do that on Evolve.com, our site as well as by distributing onto leading marketplaces, sites like Burbo, as they want us to call it now, Airbnb, and, uh, and Booking.com. Uh, a snapshot today, we have about 21,000 of these properties live. We've booked over $2 billion of rental income for our owners. We've hosted over 7 million guests and earned uh, review scores on average of over 4.7 out of 5 stars. And we are continuing to build, grow, refine experiences for both our guests and our owners as we pursue our vision of becoming the most trusted hospitality brand in the category.
0: That's great. And, and Brian, how'd you get into this? So, yeah, well, long
2: story, but yeah, do you want, how, how, how long do you want me to go back? Maybe the... the...
0: <laughs> as long as you like. Yeah, I mean, we've got, sure. uh, you know, we've got all the time you need.
2: Sure. So... You know, career path is a don't try it at home uh, one for me. So I'm not the guy who grew up uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, dying to, I wasn't selling baseball cards out of my locker or any stories like that. I actually thought business was kind of, I don't know, boring. It looked like to me, it looked like the system and I was kind of geared to challenge the system. And so it wasn't until I I had made my way to law school, I honestly wasn't sure what I was going to do with that degree. I just figured it might be a, a decent step. And this was in uh, the late '90s. It's 1997 when I started, and the next thing you knew, the first wave of kind of Web 1.0 uh, internet companies hit us all out of the Bay Area, and that was when my eyes got big, and I said, "Oh my God, you know, business can actually be a platform to challenge the system." You know, you can bring that sort of creativity and that desire to disrupt things to this system, and so. Um, that really was what you know attracted me to business in the first place. I made my way to Silicon Valley as fast as I could. I was a VC and startup lawyer for two or three years, which was an incredible experience. I got to work on over fifty financings, doing the kinds of deals that you all do every day, representing funds like you, representing clients like your portfolio companies. and you know in that process, I think you know first of all, I got incredible exposure to the startup ecosystem and and What was happening within these companies, I also learned one lesson, not the biggest lesson, but one key one, which is the gravity does exist. Because if you're tracking the timeline here, this would have been late 90s right into 2001, 2002. And so this is when, you know, what we call the dot-com bubble crashed. And uh, and 9-11 certainly compounded that. And I got to see my first version of what it looks like when, you know, half your portfolio companies uh, or your clients in this case, you know, go out of business when half your law school class gets, or law firm class rather, gets laid off. You know, it was a difficult, challenging moment, and it was also one that made me realize that my passion really lied in being an operator. That I wanted to, uh, you know, I was in, I was at the right table, I was in the wrong chair, and so that was actually what drove me to join a company in in uh, Colorado called Exclusive Resorts. I was one of the first ten employees there, and that really brought me back to some hospitality roots. I had grown up working in the restaurant industry and, and absolutely loved uh, the notion of hospitality and found the model of that company just fascinating, had some close connections uh, with the founding team there. Came on as one of the first 10 employees that brought me to move to Colorado in uh, early 2004, spent seven years uh, plus helping to build that business. A lot of interesting twists and turns there, but it ultimately, and this will you could know, become relevant in my biggest lesson, ultimately also hit the second of the big macro events of my career, which was the Great Recession. So we don't have to dive into all the details, but Exclusive Resorts, being a luxury destination club, was kind of perfectly poised to be knocked over by a recession that was focused on real estate values, one's ability to borrow money against them, and luxury consumer spending. Those are kind of the three drivers of that business. And ultimately, again, sort of a big moment that caused me to reflect and say, it's time to put a... A shot on goal here as a founder. So I partnered with one of my other early uh, exclusive resorts teammates, Adam Sherry, and we left to co-found Evolve. We launched the company in late 2011 and, you know, a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears later, here we are today. Well, Brian, we might have to,
1: you know, I'm just watching the stock market this morning. We might have to have you back on for my biggest lesson. What happens when the market corrects, you know, coming (laughs) up is, is our next one.
2: I'm, I'm a bit of an expert on these. I think I've uh, seen yeah, the other shoe drop about five times in my career now. Per-
1: perfect. We'll, we'll do it a uh, Dan Carlin hardcore history style and make it six hours instead of 20 minutes. So we'll perfect. go through all the details. So, Brian, you've you've been in Colorado for, I think, roughly 20 so years. And I think you've seen Colorado Tech from, you know, maybe when it was nascent to where it is today with Love, Your Perspective on the evolution of the tech ecosystem here in Colorado and what gets you excited about it today?
2: Yeah, it's been fascinating. I mean, when I first moved here, let's start with telling all of my friends and my colleagues in the Bay Area that I'm gonna to move to Denver. By the way, I skipped this part, but the job I took at Exclusive Resorts, having been on this you know partner track uh, job at a law firm in, in the Bay Area called gunderson Detmer, was a commission only sales rep, selling memberships into this Business model that had never existed before, and the whole club or business had launched. I think three months before I joined the company, uh, so it was a bit of a violent career move. And interestingly, that made more sense to everyone in the Bay Area than my move to Denver. So that tells you a lot. I mean, everyone's <laughs> like, "Okay, yeah, you've you've you know completely thrown uh, everything out and started over on your career. Great, that makes perfect sense to us. But why are you moving to Denver?" Um, And at that time, honestly, I I think my read was getting here. There just wasn't a whole lot of activity. and, And clearly one theme was that the companies that had been built, and it's not to disparage anybody from that had been building in the 90s and early 2000s. I think they had done some really great work, but it seemed like every time they got to any level of traction, the companies would get sold, they'd get moved out of town, they'd become kind of outposts of these larger coastal tech companies. And that was, you know, a, a big narrative. That's call it 2003. Uh, fast forward to when we were starting Evolve 2010, 2011. You know, I think at that time, there was the good news was Techstars had launched, there was a bunch of really uh, great companies, you know, in the pipeline earlier stage, there still wasn't a lot of growth stories to look at, there wasn't a lot of uh, institutional capital. Um, and what we got as feedback when we were you know, starting the company was two things. One was, well, will you move your company to California? No. Two was actually, will you move your company to Boulder? Which cracked me up. It was like, okay, it, Denver is still not even on the map enough. And then, you know, you fast forward to today and it's like, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's incredible to see now that we have, I think, truly an order of magnitude a uh, greater number of companies in the top of the pipeline and the seed and A stages. Uh, we have an order of magnitude more companies in the growth stages, some of which I'm really proud to say are kind of of our vintage, right? I mean, I remember meeting Brian Leach at Ibotta in a coffee shop when we were both, you know, in the early innings of these things. And I think truly from both an institutional capital, and I'm talking about true institutional capital, right? Like Our largest investor is T. Rowe Price, right? The institutional capital and the talent I think have truly come to view Denver and Colorado broadly as a feature, not a bug as they say. Um, And to me, I think that's made all the difference. When I look forward, I get even more excited because I'm a product of this, right? I went through seven years as an early employee at a company that that sort of served as the foundation on which I could then go become a founder. And I think there's probably a hundred times as many people getting that experience in the Colorado ecosystem today. Uh, so when you combine that with the capital and the talent, I don't see any reason why we're not looking at, you know, two and three more generations here of turning this flywheel faster and, and growing even bigger and better companies.
0: Brian, obviously, we, we, we agree and we're counting on companies like, like Evolve to be that training ground, right, for the next generation of entrepreneurs and execs in the ecosystem
2: can't wait for you to back somebody who, uh, who I, I don't want anybody anybody to leave evolve of course but you know I would be really proud to have you all uh, backing somebody building something great
0: we're looking forward to it well since there haven't been a lot of evolve spin-outs quite yet what's a company in the local ecosystem that you're excited about right now
2: sure I'll give you uh, I'll give you two actually um, one that's near and dear to me is nomad uh, Nomad lease and largely because they are working on a you know, prop tech, uh, supporting landlords type of, uh, they're in the long-term rental space. So that model just appeals to me and and sort of the real estate roots as well. The other one is uh, Liz and her team at Suna, you know, because they're supporting SMBs, small to medium-sized businesses. And, and I think of our owners at Evolve uh, very much as small to medium-sized businesses, right? So I think folks who are, and in both cases, they're really doing this. I think Taking what we have learned how to do in the startup ecosystem and applying it in ways that help to enable micro entrepreneurs and and small to medium sized businesses to go, you know, achieve their goals uh, and bring their visions to life. I think that's really just a fulfilling mission and vision. And I'm really proud of uh, the the work being done at those two companies.
1: Great. So, Brian, let's uh, jump into why we're here today. Uh, we'd love to hear the biggest lesson that you've learned over your career, either you know before or while well building Evolve. What's the lesson? How did you learn it? And how does it change how you work today?
2: Sure. So the the lesson, the headline is start with culture. And when I learned that lesson, I would say you know it starts. It's really been a thread that ran throughout my career. I think the Seminal moment here was uh, launching Evolve and and the, and the process of building Evolve, which I'll get into in one second. But I also want to be clear that it's a lesson I'm continuing to learn through till today. And it's actually the ability to look back and have the benefit of hindsight. You know, I consider myself really lucky to be a co-founder or CEO who is still operating a company after 10 plus years. That's not something that everyone gets an opportunity to do. And I think with that has come a perspective on the origins of Evolve and the things that are still paying off to this day um, that really inform this lesson. I also just want to be quickly, uh, you know, a quick disclosure that I don't think by any stretch that we have culture figured out at Evolve, right? I'm going to talk a bit about culture, but it is a constant act of refinement and a work in progress. And we have a lot of um, exciting things ahead and a lot of work to do and, and certainly still lots of interesting challenges and opportunities. So I don't want anyone to think this is a victory lap. It's far from it. But if I go back to the origin, what I want everyone to know is Adam and I started this company in his basement in central Denver. And as we were sitting in this guest bedroom uh, type of slash office uh, thing in his basement, you know, we were talking about, of course, we were unpacking this whole industry. We had this whiteboard, we had big ideas and small ideas, and we're, you know, building out what would become Evolve. And as part of that, we were actively debating and sometimes heatedly the culture that we wanted to build. And I think that was informed by our experience. I mean, for Adam, Exclusive Resorts was, I think his third startup experience gave you my background. So I had seen dozens of companies uh, and then also that experience. And I think, you know, importantly, some of the things around, you know, watching uh, what happened in the washout of the, the first wave of Internet companies, seeing the Great Recession, understanding that you're going to face these challenges um, and and also on the upside, realizing, hey, we now know what it looks like to scale a business, to take something from what was five or 10 people and build it to over 500 and learn that lesson Of you know, what is it that scales and doesn't, and what do you need down the road, et cetera? And I think we just were determined to take a more deliberate and intentional approach to culture. It's not to say, I mean, those are amazing organizations I came from, but I thought there was an opportunity to be that much more deliberate and intentional. And so we were having these like crazy debates. And I think if you could put a camera on the wall and watch us, you would have thought we had lost our minds. I mean. We were, you know, here we have like a half-baked Excel model, a half-baked slide deck. You know, we don't, we've never pitched anyone for, you know, seed capital. We have no employees, no office, no formed entity, no customers, no revenue, right? But here we are debating the culture. And I think a lot of people would have thought, you know, you've put the cart clearly before the horse and none of this is going to matter if you do not actually get out of the basement and launch something and build a company. And what I now know is that if I could go back in time, I would only do it twice as much. I would mix shift towards that conversation and away from everything else. And I would do that for three big reasons. The first is it is absolutely the heaviest lever that you can pull in terms of determining the future success and trajectory of, of the business. All these other inputs are, you know, Uh, There's myriad other inputs, but all of them don't add up to what culture does together. The second one related is it's the only lever available to you that you actually control. All the other inputs that go into that, right? What is Airbnb going to launch? How are investors going to do this? How much does office space cost? Like, you know, all of it. How much is it going to cost us to acquire an owner? What does the LTV look like? Those are all out of your control at some level. There's externalities. And so for us, realizing, you know, this was the, the thing we can control. No one else gets a vote except for the people who work at Evolve. And then the last one, I think this is important, is and it was prevailing at that time. I think that this is eased. I just want to make sure I'm explicit about it, that culture is ultimately the operating system of the business. It is the thing you are answering the question, what gets rewarded? And there's a whole thing we can unpack there, but I would just say, I want everyone to know that my experience and the lesson I've learned is that culture is not adjacent to business results. It is not an offset to the business results. In my opinion, it is the pathway to the business results. And so if I could go back again, I'd only spend twice as much time on it.
1: So Brian, if, if you sort of you know, travel back in time to the culture that you laid out when you were starting Evolve... And you look at the culture you have today. How close are you to your original vision? And then were there key inflection points along the way as you grew and scaled where you had to do things differently to maintain that culture?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I would say that we are very much aligned, my headline, we're very much aligned with the culture that we had laid out and architected. However, we've grown and developed a lot. And I think that's maybe the the starting point to answer that question is, it's really important in my mind to architect the culture to change that you don't ever... Yeah, you know, I get this question a lot. Wow, we, we love the question. I get it internally. We love the culture at Evolve. How are we going to maintain it? And my answer is always, that's not our goal. Our goal is to grow it and develop it and refine it and improve it. And I think that's true along the way. And the way I think about that is, it's our job, it's my job as the co-founder and CEO of the company to draw the edges of the culture and to lay down kind of that core of here are the values, here's the mission, here's the vision, here's our commitments to things like you know inclusion, and here's what we're going to be about. Here's what's inside and what's outside. But what's inside and between those edges, that's entirely up to the team to decide, right? Populate that however you would like. And most importantly, populate that with who you are and bring your authentic self, your lived experiences to that. And and I hope that that continues to create this environment of being both structured, but also organic and nimble uh, and able to adapt. To, To translate that into a couple of things that have happened specifically, I'd say, you know, one would be, I just mentioned inclusion, you know, starting in 2011, 2012, we were in a very different place I was in a different place personally in my journey. We were in a different place, I think, as a culture, nationally, internationally, as well as in the business world. And so that's been something, a muscle that I think we've really had to build over time. Certainly was put to a pressure test in 2020 and, and continues to this day. And that's been something that we've had to kind of say, as I said to the company at that time, you know, it was in more implicit within our culture and we had to bring it up and make it explicit and define it more clearly and articulate that, that commitment you know, uh, in, in more explicit terms. So that would be one dimension of, hey, we have to build and refine and improve. It wasn't all there on day one, but it was in there. Um, another example is hospitality, super core to us as a business. But it wasn't until just a few years ago that we realized we had not defined our own version of hospitality, what we call e to e hospitality, as in the name of all. You know, that's so core to everything we do, to every interaction that we have with each other, with our owners, with our guests, with our partners. And yet we hadn't you know, framed up our own version of it. And so I think those those types of things, there's also some tactical things, right? I mean, you start out and every Friday afternoon. 9, 10, 20, 30 people are pulling a chair up at 4 o'clock on Friday and cracking a beer and talking about the business and this kind of organic town hall format. That doesn't work when you have 900 people. Right? I mean, That's not how you do things. That doesn't mean that it has to be worse. One of my core beliefs is that culture does get harder at scale, but it doesn't have to get worse. We can do a lot of things today that we were never capable of doing before. We can offer some amazing opportunities to our evolvers through things like and another interesting dimension of growth for us has been our commitment to our community. Uh, through our building hospitality program, we uh, contribute 1% of bookings made on evolve.com to improving and rehabilitating communities that we operate in around the country. And that's an incredible dimension of our culture today that was unthinkable, you know, when we were a startup. So, I think there's a few things like that, but if you get the basics, right? And this is why I think it's the heaviest lever. If you get the basics right, if you get the architecture and the design down in place, then as those challenges and opportunities come your way, you can grow towards them. You can build towards them. You can leverage the culture that you have to you know, uh, continue to grow and develop and become what you need to be tomorrow. So, Brett, what happens
1: when someone strays outside the edges of, of the box you've defined or, or something happens that sort of goes outside of them? How have you found as a founder to effectively address that and 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 help make those edges more clear or put everything back inside of them?
2: It's a great question. The first answer calls on one of our core values, which is communicate often honestly and directly. Uh, we, of course, that's a mouthful, so it's become an acronym of COHAD. And it's amazing. You'll hear that word, that term COHAD, used as in so many different ways around the com- company, but mostly as a launch word and do statements like, co-had, Chris, that just didn't feel like it was, you know, in line with our culture. Hey, I don't know, like what was going on there. I want to tell you what the impact was and going through very specific training, you know, with manager level people and really with everyone, but about how to deliver what we call co feedback, which is, you know, of course, it's, a, it draws on a lot of classic principles. We haven't made this all up from, from scratch, but you know, starting with like, here's what I observed and here's what the impact was and asking if you observed the same things, et cetera. Ultimately, of course, I'd say, gosh, nine times out of 10, it's, oh my God, I didn't realize. And thanks for bringing that up. And now I understand that. And now, you know, we can move forward. Every once in a while, of course, we get to places where it's just not going to work. And, you know, in, in, in those cases, you have to, again, just stick to the cohat and be honest and say, this isn't going to work. But I really think the answer to your question starts also further up the recruiting funnel. This, you know, this operating system of culture is how we go about recruiting. You know, one of the first questions we ask on an application to Evolve is pick a value off of our list and tell us why it resonates with you. Right. Uh, and that becomes one of the core, you know, ways in which we even identify our future teammates. You know, if we're, if we're talking about all of this, once you've been at Evolve for six or 12 months, it's far too late.
0: Brian, that's great. Thanks so much for being on and, and doing this again. Your lesson live on in perpetuity. It's a good one and an important one. Where can our listeners follow with what you're up to and, and what the company's up to? Sure.
2: So uh, you can, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's great to, uh, great to be here. And thanks for everything that you two are doing and your team is doing for the community here in Colorado. So you can find out more about the company at Evolve.com. And that'll include all of the links to where you can follow the company on social. And for me, the best place is on LinkedIn. I'm uh, backslash Brian W. Egan. Brian, thanks, Brian. Thanks much.